than bubble. I'm, I'm with you guys on when you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing that you think of bursting. Put it on the poll at Lebitard Show. When you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing you think of bursting. Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and I've got Callie here with me. We're here to bring you the sharpest sports tips. Today, we have a great show packed with huge news. There is a new snake in Oklahoma, and his name is Lincoln. We recap NFL and college football games from the past weekend, and we dive into the unanimous 2021 MVP in the NBA. We are proud to announce that this episode is brought to you by Bigfoot Axe Sewing, the premier axe sewing location in the middle of Paradise, Pochatown, Oklahoma. Use promo code BYB2021 for 15% off your entire group. Remember to stay plugged into our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Burst Your Bubble. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts, even on your Alexa devices. Remember to rate, review, and share us with your friends, your family, the woman at Starbucks, the guy at McDonald's, everywhere you go, tell them about Burst Your Bubble. Thanks for listening, but remember, no hard feelings, because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. Welcome back, Josh. It's been too long, and I forget, buddy, where does Thanksgiving rank in terms of holidays for you? Thanksgiving calendar for me probably ranks in at number three. At number three. So you enjoyed your Thanksgiving then? I had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Got to spend it with uh, Becca's family, then my family down south. Stayed in the log cabin. Didn't have a heater. All we had was the good old-fashioned fireplace with wood. So that is the, uh, the reason for my voice sounding like it does today. The allergies, Kyler, have gotten a hold of Josh. This is your flu game. Um, we had it all this year. Uh, good football, good basketball games. Um, Brooks versus Bryson. Uh, that match, Josh, Bryson DeChambeau played less holes than I did on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that was a – it didn't really live up to the hype, but I think that it – I think the match just came too late. I mean, it lived up to – once the match was made, all hype was killed. So I think it lived up to as much as the hype as it could. But, uh, yeah, Bryson just went out there and laid an absolute egg, laid the excuse that he hadn't played golf in a couple months. It's like, bro, you're in a fucking golf match on national TV the day after Thanksgiving. What do you mean you don't play golf in a month and a half? Get out of here with that. But uh, it was was a great day overall. Um, Good basketball games. Uh, Duke, Josh, Paulo Bonchero, he's going to cash my my plus 800 Duke national championship ticket himself. Uh, Kyler, as soon as I found out that this was Coach K's last year, I just knew that this Duke team was going to be special, and I, I just I had no doubt about it. So you are going to get to cash in that check at the end of the year. Let's go. Let's go. One cat, one check I'm definitely not going to get to cash, Josh. And that's the Kevin Durant uh, – well, I'm not going to say that. What The check – the cash – what I'm definitely not going to cash is Luka Doncic MVP. That's definitely not going to happen. Kevin Durant – That is not. Maybe a long shot, but maybe – Stephen Curry is absolutely running away with it. Stephen Curry is playing some of the best basketball I think we've ever seen played. Kyler, he is shooting 54% from deep with a defender within four feet. He shoots better with someone guarding him than he does in open court. Jesus Christ. And Josh, the last week, it's a shame he didn't win uh, player of the week. He went 3-0, and averaged 30 points a, a game, nine assists, something, something crazy, like 50% from three, just like you said. And on, just on, I think just under one free throw attempt per game. I mean, I, I just I wish I could say I was surprised by all this, Kyler, but we know how good Steph Curry is. It's not like this came out of nowhere. But people were starting to fade him a little bit after a down year with the Warriors. And, you know, some of the people just kind of thought he didn't have it back in him anymore, didn't have 
didn't have what it takes, but Kyler, he's showing that he's ha- that he has exactly what it takes. And perfect timing too, because uh, just this week, two of his teammates, two of his best friends, I would say, Clay Thompson and James Wiseman, were assigned to uh, the G League team, Santa Cruz Warriors, and they've already started playing full five on five, full games with them. So, I mean, the Warriors are going to be at full strength by Christmas. Yeah, this is the perfect time, and if Clay Thompson can come back, anything anything that resembles the old Clay Thompson. Anything that resembles the videos we've seen on Instagram. I mean, Kyler, when you could score, what did he score, 40-something points and on 11, 60 points on 11 dribbles, I mean, if you could do half of that, you're going to be just fine. Crazy. Crazy. Uh, Bedlam. Ready to talk Bedlam? Well, just one thing. I, I think that we can agree that this might be the second time in NBA history you know, knock on wood, barring something crazy happening, this might be the second time in NBA history we see a unanimous MVP for the National Basketball Association. Maybe. That's a, that's a, that's a bold take there, and we'll see if Steph Curry can bring that to fruition. Uh, college football, we ready? Let's, let's do it. Kyler, I'm going to start this out by saying, have we – this was probably the greatest way to screw over – a college football organization that we've ever seen. You're talking about uh, Cincinnati getting left out of the playoff and being undefeated? I'm not. <laughs> I am talking about Lincoln Riley, the snake in Oklahoma, moving to South Carolina. Southern California. What would I say? South Carolina. Flu game. It's okay. Flu game. It's fine. Uh, here's the thing. After we've seen – so Brian Kelly, of course, he left Notre Dame. And, Josh, they could still get in the fucking playoff. That's crazy. If OU would have won that game, does this news come out on Sunday? No, absolutely not. I'm, after this Brian Kelly news, I'm less inclined to think that. I think that Brian, the reason that Brian Kelly went ahead and made the announcement is because it didn't matter what he said. Lincoln Riley is the snake at this point because of the way – because of everything that happened. Brian Kelly had nothing to lose. Lincoln Riley was on the forefront taking all of the all of the shots. He just used Lincoln Riley as a human body shield. And then also, uh, I mean, it's been, of course, rumors galore and uh, um, conspiracy galore, but now there's conspiracy, more conspiracy facts than conspiracy theories. But uh, the day that he announced he was going to be the Southern California coach it was the day that coaches can visit in-state recruits. Um, on the day that he announced he was a coach, six recruits, um, that were committed to OU, all decommitted from OU. All of them were are from Southern California and currently still live there. Uh, so just a lot of conspiracy facts going on um, around Twitter and on the message boards. But Bedlam was awesome, Josh. And OSU down to the sack with nine seconds left. I was certain they were about to lose that game. Oh, there was a minute and three seconds or whatever it was, and we punted back to OU. And I have never been more nervous in my life. Oh, I was no, I wasn't even nervous, Josh, because I was sure OU was about to win that game. I was sure Caleb Williams was about to throw a miraculous touchdown. They're going to win the game. It's heartbreak OU or heartbreak OSU, and didn't happen, Josh. The o, the OSU defense. I mean, so much was touted about it, and it played well. It played okay. Gave up thirty three points to an OU team, which I mean, isn't that big a deal to be honest? And then ended the game with a really clutch sack from a freshman D end. Yeah, this Oklahoma State defense is the best that we've seen here in a long time. Ever. They, a lot of there's, I mean, at least three guys on this team that are going to be going to the NFL next year. Uh, the one guy on the line is obviously the best talent they have. 
Malcolm Rodriguez at linebacker, the heart and soul of the defense. I mean, this is a very good football program. They're going to need to go out and beat Baylor to make it to the playoffs. But before we get to that, just the, the Bedlam game in a whole was exactly what we'd expect out of Bedlam like three years ago. Yeah. You know, we everything was touted. This game was – I listened to all the programs before the game. It's defense, defense, defense. You know, that's what's going to win this game. And Kyler ended up not just being that way, but it was because of mistakes on both sides with the special teams. I mean, you yeah. have Oklahoma State running back a, a kickoff for a touchdown. Then you have them muffing a punt. Then you have them – I mean, taking the touchdown from the fumble. I mean, Kyler, there was just so many things that went wrong. OSU should not have won this football game. They shouldn't have, and I think Gundy is to blame for that, Josh. I mean, you can blame the special teams, but there were a lot of instances, drive after drive, Gundy was not following the, what got them there. He was – Spencer Sanders was throwing the ball like he was fucking Carson Wentz on Sunday, Josh. Hand the ball off. You have the MVP in your backfield. Hand the ball off. Stop – let's get us what got us to the dance. He did. I mean, the whole year they've been run the football, uh, control the clock, let's do what – you know, let's do it this way, smash mouth football – and Gunny just got excited in Bedlam again and said, all right, let's 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 have the overhead at 70 points and let's just see what we can do. First one to 40 wins. Yeah, that, I mean, this, this Bedlam game in the most recent history was one of my favorites, obviously, because OSU wins the game. But it was filled with mistakes. OU fans and OSU fans both were, com- were complaining about the refs the entire game. There were some questionable pass interferences called, not called. There were some questionable offsides called, the not called. I mean, this game had a little bit of everything, drama late in the game. It was exactly what you'd expect from Bedlam, and I just could not be happier. But I want to just say one more thing about the Lincoln-Riley situation. Uh, I do have from Robert Hefner 5, the contract details not confirmed, but best he could do, $110 million, USC, USC buying both homes in Norman for 500000 over asking. 500000 over six- asking price. Yeah, $1 million bonus is what this is getting. Uh, they're buying both of his homes in Norman for that amount. They're buying him a $6 million home in Los Angeles and unlimited use of the private jet 24-7 for family. Immediately the highest paid coach in college football. Nope. This is – Actually, Josh, Nick Saban just became the highest paid co- college football coach because in his contract he has a stipulation – that requires him at all times to be the highest paid coach in America. Okay. Well, that is, uh, that is so, news. Cause I know that previously he was making 9.7 mil per year. So congrats Nick Saban on his race. So this has been the biggest coaching carousel in the college football that we've seen in a long time. Collar Brian yeah. Kelly to LSU leaving the most, the most winning head coach in college football leaves to go to, or Notre Dame go, leaves to go to LSU. Lincoln Riley goes to USC. Coach O's fired, obviously, from LSU. Brian Kelly took that job. It just – so many things are happening. Uh, Urban Meyer said that he's not leaving the NFL. The report came out immediately about Cliff Kingsbury. That's an agent trying to get his hype just so that way he can sign the extension with the Cardinals. Why are you leaving a team that can go to the playoffs? Keller, have you heard of any names or anyone that could take the Oklahoma job? I mean, Venables is a, is a name that's always there. Um, of course, uh, the way that uh, Stoops came back in, stormed back in there straight off the golf course, by the way, five o'clock shadow in a, in a jumpsuit, 
bottle of liquor in hand, probably. I mean, he's always a favorite to get back. He's already recruiting again, Josh. He was in Tulsa last night recruiting. Ah, You love to see that. You love to see it. Yeah. One name that uh, the Cincinnati coach, um, Fickle, I think is his name. I mean, they're undefeated, Josh. It's kind of a shame, too, um, because they're going to, without a doubt, get left out of the playoff. Um, it would hurt a little less if they lost the game to, like, SMU in September or something. But um, he's a name that I think – I think he's going to get a lot of looks at Notre Dame, um, that fickle character, because that's where Brian Kelly came from, Cincinnati. Yeah, he did come from Cincinnati. That would be a, a wild move. Um, one name that I've heard is Josh Heupel. Yeah. That would be wild, you know, quarterback Oklahoma, national championship team in 2000. I mean, Gallard, this job, how prestigious of a job do you think OU is in college football for these coaches? It's one of the more prestigious jobs. I mean, I think it's the most prestigious job outside of the SEC. Um, I mean, of course, it's not, that's not a USC. Um, but here's the thing, Josh, and here's the reason I explained this to someone else. Uh, I mean, of course, there's the Michigan and Ohio States that are obviously more, more precedented than, than OU. But here's the reason Lincoln Riley left, um, in my opinion. You can get all of this talent. You can have a great – you can have the fourth-ranked team in the nation at OU. You can Every single year, year in, year out, that's all you're going to have. And maybe you'll get lucky and you'll beat the number one team in a shootout, you know, the last play because you have a Baker Mayfield. But more, more times than not, you're going to lose that game and you're not going to make it to the, to the national championship game. At USC, Josh, you can get those players to USC. It's harder to get those players to Norman. So I, I get that. This is why I think that Lincoln left. And it's, a, it's not different than what you're saying, but it is in a way. Because Lincoln Raleigh is a recruiter. I mean, he is young. He, he relates. He can recruit these kids. I think that Lincoln Raleigh wanted no part of the SEC. He is very happy being a big fish in a little pond, just like at OU, where you can go year in and year out, have a legit chance to win the Big 12 championship. Going to USC, where you have a legit chance year in and year out to win the Pac-12 championship. <laughs> and if you win the championship, there's a chance that you make it to the playoffs. He'd rather just continually have a chance to make it to the playoffs than have to fight through the SEC because yeah. if he wanted a more prestigious job or more money, he would have took the LSU job, stayed at OU, or, Miami. or done something like that and go to the SEC. But he wanted no part of the SEC. Now, I, I somewhat agree with that, but it's, I, I fight back on that uh, on that claim because he's going he's gonna to see those SEC teams. It will just be after he's already won the Pac-12 championship, and that's kind of what you're saying as well. But uh, – Cincinnati, Josh, they remain undefeated. Uh, they play somewhat Houston on Saturday, I believe. Um, uh, hopefully they lose that game so it won't be a conversation. Alabama, Josh, let's talk Alabama. Barely, barely survived to a backup quarterback who was hobbled for the last three quarters of that game, but three quarters in the last four overtimes of that game. Well, Josh, what is up? I mean, Alabama, now more than ever, it is apparent they are completely beatable. Alabama is definitely beatable this year. This is not the year for Alabama. Alabama should lose to Georgia this coming up weekend uh, in the SEC championship. The question here, Kyler, is does a two-loss Alabama get in the playoffs over a one-loss Oklahoma State or an undefeated Cincinnati team? I think that question, I don't know if it will be answered tonight, Josh, when the rankings, the playoff rankings come out, but it, I think the answer will be a lot more clear. Um, after that, I mean, just an abysmal win. I mean, it's hard to have an abysmal win, but that was it against Auburn. Um, if, if they're higher than three, if, if they're three or higher, I mean, Josh, I think they gotta be, they gotta be three or four. 
I mean, I would think that Alabama's probably going to be three. It'll probably be Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State. But if it's Georgia, Alabama, then Alabama's 1,000% in the playoff. Yeah, if, if Alabama's number two tonight, that or on Tuesday night, that means that the most that they will drop to losing to Georgia will be four. Yeah. And but, that would push either Oklahoma State or Cincinnati out of the playoffs with a Michigan win over Iowa. Uh, just the team you mentioned there, Josh, Michigan. They dominated Ohio State from the jump. And this was the ultimate case, in my eyes, that one of these teams is not made to play in the snow. I can see that. I mean, just from the jump, Josh, one of these teams was a lot tougher than the other. One of these teams was enjoying the snow falling from the, falling from the sky, and they enjoyed getting hit in the mouth when it was that cold outside. And one of the teams didn't, and it was really clear from the jump. But uh, that being said, Ohio State's quarterback – lost the game, but it's still probably the Heisman favorite. Yeah, he's yeah, he definitely is still the Heisman favorite. He's incredible. Do you think that Notre Dame even has a chance to get in the top four? No. I'm yeah, Josh, I mean, I'm so I, I'm that I'm a horrible person to ask that though, because I'm just I'm so low on Notre Dame as a program. The only way that I could see Notre Dame getting in is if Michigan somehow lost to Iowa. And Oklahoma State lost. I think Cincinnati yeah. would get in over Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah they would because they beat them. A two-loss Alabama team would definitely get in over uh, Notre Dame. 100%. Um, oh. Following Bedlam on Saturday night, Josh, was an incredible game on ESPN for the nightcap. And I was introduced to someone I should have admittedly seen before, freshman quarterback Jackson Dart. And, Josh, that brings me to another point. Names are getting really, really good nowadays. I mean, younger parents, kids. I mean, these, these kids you know, being born in the social media era. Josh, there was a kid on Auburn. His name was Steel Chambers. Fuck, oh, that's that a is, good name, dude. That is, he should have been in the WWE. <laughs> he was a linebacker. Josh, and that, that's, that's oh. also my point. The names are getting really good, and they're matching what these kids are doing. Jackson Dart, of course he's an all-star quarterback. Steel Chambers, Josh, that's an all-American linebacker if I've ever, ever heard one. You're going to hear that on an, on an all-star team in the NFL one day. I love it. Anyways, Josh, I bring up Mr. Dart because uh, Saturday, Sunday morning, his coach was confirmed, of course, Lincoln Riley. Um, any, more on that? any more on that? I mean, does anyone actually value coaching in the SEC anymore? I mean, I wrote that before uh, Brian Kelly accepted that job at LSU. So, that, I mean, that says a lot. But this also confirms that Miami – is the biggest job available right now. I mean, I would definitely say the SEC values coaching. I think you're right. I think Miami is probably the biggest job down there for right now. Um, I think that USC has bigger questions to take. I mean, they have their own questions. I mean, is Dart even going to be the starting quarterback next year? Or is Caleb Williams going to just go with Lincoln Riley to, to USC? Great point. And we also saw uh, Hazelwood. Um, he, he also decommitted from – or um, he's also said he's entering the transfer portal, as well as Spencer Radler. So, oh, you, uh, hopefully Caleb Williams does not leave. I mean, he's – Lincoln Riley single-handedly set this program back by three years at least because now you have to get all new recruits that have decommitted. You're going to have to deal with the kids leaving the transfer portal. You have to hire a new head coach, offensive, defensive coordinator – and you're about to go into the SEC in two years. Yeah, that's a mess, Josh. Uh, anything else in college football? 
I would just hate to be OU, and I mean they're going to be lucky to be beating Vanderbilt in Texas next year. We saw them almost lose to Kansas in twenty twenty one. I mean, it's I've not seen it look so bad for OU in a very long time. And as an OSU fan, I, I kind of feel bad for them. I've never seen as many just furious and like really, really upset and like I hate to reuse the word salty because like that's that's what they are. I mean, they're really just <laughs> just piss coming out of their mouths. They're so mad, Josh. Oh, all over Twitter. I mean, Josh, venom coming out of their fangs all over Twitter. OU fans, calm down. Keller, this is the first time that an Oklahoma head coach has left for another coaching job since 1947. Yeah. Jim Tatum. That is – oh, do you know what his salary was when he went to go to Maryland? Uh, no, I don't, 12, Josh. $12,000. Wow. So, I mean, this is this is wild, Kyler. These things that are happening, this is just nuts. Bob Stoops obviously coming back like a hero – uh, coaching in the bowl game didn't didn't even hesitate I'm very curious and I think the world is curious on who Oklahoma is going to bring in to coach this team if it's going to be a one-year stopgap or if they're looking for a long-term replacement I think they're for sure looking for a long-term replacement but let's move on Josh to the people that are getting paid on the books to uh, play this game of football and that is the professional football league the NFL uh, we kind of missed last week uh, previewing the Thanksgiving games but uh, you know, Raiders Cowboys. Of course, that game was an absolute flag football fest. Just a shit show. Uh, any comments on the uh, Thanksgiving games, Josh? Bill Saints, Bears Lions, Raiders Cowboys. Uh yeah. I you know just once again, there's nothing, nothing more surprising than the Lions losing on the last second field goal attempt. <clears throat> I think it's more surprising that the Bears made the field goal yeah. than it is that the Detroit Lions lost to a field goal. Um, Raiders Cowboys, like you said, I thought the Raiders were going to end up running away with it. I had no faith that the Cowboys were going to ever come back and win that game, even though it went to overtime. It shouldn't have. Um, Saints, uh, you know, we'll talk about it in the preview, but this they just got demolished by the Bills, but they are looking at a change of quarterback. So hopefully they can start turning things around. Josh Allen going back to being Josh Allen. Uh, overall, though, I think it was a pretty fun day of football. I mean, it wasn't great games to watch, but it was fun. It was a fun day of football, and who's the Saints quarterback? It was Trevor Simeon, but they're about to go to uh, – oh, my gosh. I can't I can't believe myself. Uh, the Swiss Army Knife. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Flu game, Josh. It's fine. Uh, yeah, uh, so that's good. I, yeah, maybe, maybe that'll help. Um, Sunday. Let's move on to Sunday. Uh, Vikings 49ers, Josh. The 49ers, I mean – you want to play? You want to be playing your best football around Thanksgiving, is what they say, and it seems like they are. <clears throat> yeah, they are definitely playing their best football, and Elijah Mitchell just continues to look very good at football. I mean, Josh, it's a this the fourth San Francisco running back. We said that about this year, but of course he is twenty seven carries, one hundred thirty three yards, and a touchdown. And Brandon Ayuk, of course, I mean, looking as explosive as ever. Debo Samuel, uh, groin injury though, he's going to miss the next two weeks. Yeah, that's probably good. Uh, let him rest up a little bit because they use Debo a lot in a lot of different schemes. He's even a good pass blocker, so he's always on the field. Uh, from this game, I think the more notable injury was Dalvin Cook. Uh, mm. spraining the MCL. No, it was a dislocated no, shoulder. No, he dislocated. Yeah, no, Josh, you went great job by thinking he uh, sprained his MCL because he got on a fucking cart and they carted him off the field for a shoulder injury. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, sometimes, you know, kind of like how the nerves are all connected. You know, yeah. Just kind of... <laughs> no, his legs were hanging off the cart when you're driving off the field. I was like, what the well, fuck is going on here? Yeah, well, he didn't wave goodbye. Justin Jefferson Collar continues to look like a madman. Uh, Adam Thielen, touchdown machine. The Vikings look good, you know, when they're fully healthy. I just the, – the 49ers looked a lot better today. So, and I had this conversation with someone. I forget who it is. The Vikings, is it a Mike Zimmer problem? Like, what uh, – Josh, you're hard-pressed to name three better skill players on an, NFL, on an NFL team than Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Dalvin Cook. But every year they're five and six. Yeah, I don't know what the problem is. I mean, some of that blame probably goes on Kirk Cousins, um, but he might catch a little bit too much flack. But you're right. They always underperform expectations, and that has just been the story of Vikings fans for the past decade. My brother is a giant Vikings fan, and he always says the worst thing that happened to Mike Zimmer is he got uh, is that he became anything higher than a defensive coordinator. Ooh, that's a sharp criticism of your head coach. Yeah, Steelers, Bengals, the Battle of Ohio or is Pittsburgh in Ohio? No, no, the Pittsburgh's in Pennsylvania, no. huh? Yeah, flu game. Uh, yeah, flu game. They're, they're they're close to each other though. They're. Uh, Division rivals, of course. So, but the Bengals come out, Josh, and absolutely wreck Big Ben. And people are calling for Big Ben to retire. I'd like to get your comments on that. But I'd also like to get your comments on the potential MVP case for the running back for the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Mixon. Twenty-eight carries, one hundred sixty-five yards, two touchdowns in a year that the MVP race is so, I mean, up in the air. Each each week, the leading MVP candidate just has an absolute goose egg. It was this week in Lamar Jackson throwing four interceptions on Sunday Night Football. Joe Mixon, Josh, what do you think of his MVP case? Uh, I don't think that it's good enough. Uh, he is not my favorite running back heading into the MVP race. Um, he's probably – I would pro- I think that Joe Burrow is ahead of Joe Mixon in the MVP race. I think that if a running back ends up with the MVP, it will be Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. Uh, what Joe Mixon has done in the past four, three or four games has been very incredible. Uh, before that, Joe Burrow has thrown two touchdowns in every game except for the past two, and I think that's why you put him ahead of him. But Joe Mixon has turned around this year. The biggest thing is everyone knows that Joe Mixon has talent. He's actually just been able to stay healthy and stay on the football field, which has been his biggest problem for years. So a healthy Joe Mixon is a very good compliment to Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd. You talk about naming three better skill players on the yeah. team. The Cincinnati Bengals have elite weapons on the offensive end. And that offensive line has finally come around as well. They're really uh, protecting Joe Burrow. And, like, I mean, Joe Mixon has, has the offensive line to thank for, for any type of MVP case he has this year. Um, let's move on to your MVP leading candidate of the year so far in the running back position. That is Jonathan Taylor, who Josh, I, I mean, we mentioned it earlier, he just didn't get the ball enough. I mean, the one, the number one way to beat Tom Brady is to keep the ball out of his hands. And if you keep throwing throwing touchdowns, then he gets the ball back. But if you hand off to your running back, then he doesn't. Carson Wentz, 44 passing attempts. Just too many. Yeah, and Jonathan Taylor only had 16 carries. That just isn't, isn't going to work. You've got to feed that man the, the football. Josh, and you know, I, we, I say that, and I'm going to just rag on the 40, or rag on the Colts here for doing that. But um, I also shit on the – the Tennessee Titans two weeks ago for giving the ball to Derrick Henry 33 times in a pretty, I mean, uh, useless game. And I mean, this isn't like a useless game for the Colts because they are six and six and battling for a playoff spot, but you also don't want your star running back to get hurt in week 12. 
I mean, I get that, but you want to beat the defending Super Bowl yeah. champions. This is a game that the Colts wanted to win. This was not a throwaway game for them. They were battling in the game. They needed it. I mean, they were he- they were leading at halftime going into the second quarter. You've got to get Jonathan Taylor the ball in, in areas where he can succeed. 16 carries is not enough when you're playing the defending Super Bowl champions. That's got to be 18 to 22 carries. He'll be over 100 yards. I mean, it was just not what you like to see. But, I mean, still good for the Colts to be battling in all these games. I think they are exceeding expectations. Yeah. And Carson Wentz has been able to play pretty well uh, coming into this system again with Frank Rich. Yeah, and just uh, the third quarter, I mean, just zero points in the third quarter, uh, that's always a killer. I mean, coming out that flat in the second half, that'll always get you killed. Especially against a guy like and, Tom Brady or a guy, you know, uh, in his former team in the Patriots. When I will say that, I mean, this is the number one MVP candidate as running back, but on the other side of the ball, don't forget about Tom, yeah. Tom, timeless Tom Brady, who is probably the leading MVP candidate after this week uh, on the other side of the ball. So, I mean, Tom Brady is always going to do Tom Brady things. And I, I think that he has to be the favorite right now for the MVP race. And you just can't ever give him time on the clock. He's going to get touched. Yeah. It's just what's going to happen. I, Go ahead. I was going to say, and I think the most impressive thing of this game is Rob Gronkowski coming out with seven catches and over 100 yards. Yeah, also Leonard Fournette, four touchdowns on the day. And uh, I think kind of lending to your point about Tom Brady, uh, Leonard Fournette got his touchdowns out of the way. I could see a four or five touchdown performance from Tom Brady in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, you just give Tom Brady rest. If your running backs are able to do that, then Tom Brady's just going to end up just murdering you. Tua, Tua Tonga-Valoa, Josh, 27 for 31. 230 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Waddle had his best best game as a pro, and the Dolphins run away from the Panthers. Uh, fourth straight win for the for the uh, Dolphins, Josh. They're five and seven, and their next two games are against two New York teams. Josh, they could be 500 after after uh, week 14. They could. Two has turned in the corner. He heard about all the uh, the rumors where he would get traded for Deshaun Watson, and he said, "I want no part of being in Houston, so I'm going to play my heart out." And we have seen Tua just turn it around. He's been playing very good football, Kyler. Yeah. Uh, Cam Newton, on the other hand, did not. I was going to say, but this Panthers team is also just spiraling out of control. Their quarterbacks uh, combined 10 completions on 31 attempts, three three interceptions, no touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey goes on IR again. The team is just seemingly crumbling in front of our faces. Yeah, and I hate to say I told you so about Christian McCaffrey, Josh, but I kind of told you so. Um, what else was I going to say about this Dolphins team, Josh? Oh, yeah. Uh, right now they're sitting at a 9% chance to get into the playoffs. If they win their next two games, do you know what the percentage chance to get them to get in the playoffs will be? 50. 12. Oh, oh wow. So uh, not not important games. As, as, as important as these Dolphins fans want you to believe, they're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, Patriots, Josh, they are going to make the playoffs, and I think the AFC Championship is going to be hosted in New England. What better scenario? What better scenario for a Super Bowl than when we see Bill Belichick and Tom Brady battling it out? New England versus Tampa Bay. Tom Brady knocked off Patrick Mahomes last year. This year, he gets to go and just do the same thing to Bill Belichick. How do you think he would retire if he beats Bill in the Super Bowl? You think Bill retires if he beats Tom in the Super Bowl? Whoa. I think I think Brady's done after this year anyway. I don't. I don't. I think Brady is playing. Why would you stop? You're playing great football. I think if he was going to play, I think he would have already signed. 
I uh, see. I think he's probably just waiting to see what those salaries need to be. He's probably waiting to see what kind of money he needs to make to be able to bring in the high level talent. Maybe uh, that's something that I don't think anybody in this world knows, but uh, the Patriots, Josh, I mean, they look fantastic. They dismantled the, the Titans and the Titans were absolutely, I mean, they didn't have a backup for any position on the field available. I mean, every single backup practice squad guy was on, playing for the Titans on Sunday, but uh, the Patriots took advantage of that. Yeah. Let's not act like, you know, this is a terrible Titans, uh, terrible Titans team. This Tennessee Titans team is pretty good, although uh, Julio, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry are all on IR. But the New England Patriots defense did everything that they wanted to and more against Tennessee. Mac Jones, Kyler, 310 yards, two touchdowns, two rushes for 11 yards. This guy looks like a professional NFL quarterback. Like I, like I said in the last episode, I mean, he's playing his senior year at Alabama right now. I mean, he's literally just playing his – he's a fifth-year senior right now, so – Shout out Mac Jones. Um, Eagles Giants. That was just a horrible, horrible game. Jalen Hurts. I mean, he should have won this game in about four different ways. Just a abysmal performance. Seven to thirteen. They scored all seven all seven of their points in the fourth quarter. Uh, three three interceptions. I think maybe four. Um, just a bad bad game. Daniel Jones looked serviceable, I guess, but uh, yeah, not a, not a good performance from these two NFC beasts teams. Yeah, not a good look from either team. The Philadelphia Eagles really needed to win this game to move to 6-6. Six and six. That would have been a big win for them. Uh, you know, every week I come on here and I say I can't believe that Jalen Hurts gets, gets as much hate as he does, and I'm going to continue to say that. Obviously not a good week from Jalen Hurts, but it's not like he goes out and does his week in and week out. You know, I mean, Jalen Hurts is still a very serviceable quarterback in the National Football League. He's tough. He runs. I mean, I, I don't. I don't think it's going to be a problem for Jalen Hurts. How about that last play of the game? You put the ball in the you, – you try to get the ball in your best player's hands, especially if he is fucking begging for the ball on the sideline. I, I agree. Nah, maybe it's trying to teach him a little humility. Uh, shout out Coach Sirianni. Falcons, Jaguars. Uh, this, was an, this was a shit game as well. Um, the Falcons get a win. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 42 pass attempts. Uh, Cordero Patterson, just another – Outstanding. He might be the MVP, Josh, uh, if the fans weren't so bad. Uh, Russell Gage had a good game. Uh, it was Any comments on this game? Uh, no. I mean, Trevor Lawrence doesn't look great. None of these rookie quarterbacks other than Mac Jones really look great. I think that Trevor Lawrence has – I mean, I don't know, man. This is just so tough because Joe Burrow – you know, looked good in the games he played. He didn't look fantastic, but he looked good and serviceable. But the Bengals were still losing football games. But they were playing close games even whenever his first – like last year before he got hurt. But none of the other rookie quarterbacks are playing close games. I mean, they just no. are not finding ways to win and they don't look good. No. Uh, speaking of that, John, contradicting that, I should say, Zach Wilson – it comes out and just upsets the Tyrod Taylor-led Texan team. Josh, Zach Wilson, I mean, he did throw an interception off his own teammate's back, but he did get the win on the road. What do you think of Zach Wilson? Zach, Zach Wilson is like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like one moment you're like, wow, this kid has a bright future in the National Football League. It's usually when his helmet's next, off. And then the next play, you're thinking – my God, how did this kid get drafted second, much less drafted at all? I mean, that's when his helmet's on. So inconsistent, Kyler. It is incredible. 
He really is. He is the definition of inconsistent. Um, that, that's all i got to talk about this game. Um, the Jets, shout out the Jets. Uh, Chargers, Josh, uh, I think this is actually the reason that we've, we haven't been putting out as many episodes because your coach of the year pick has absolutely gone to shit. <laughs> uh, it has not looked good. Uh, it, it does not look like a good spot. I don't understand how the Chargers are not winning football <laughs> games because their team is – on paper, the team is so good. The skill players are so good. We talk about every – I feel like every team we talk about having great skill players. Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jared Cook, Donald Parham, Nick uh, – or Joey Bosa. I mean, I, I don't know what else I'm supposed to like. And even Joey wa- Bosa. Even watching the games, Josh, it'll be like 21 to 7. And you'd be like, man, the Chargers, man, you feel like they're, they're one play away. And like, it feels <laughs> like they're always driving – I mean, Joe Herbert had three. He had three hundred yards. Josh, I will say that at the beginning of the year when they were winning all of these games, Mike Williams was averaging like six catches and one hundred and sixty yards every game. So, I think the key to the Chargers winning is get Mike Williams the football. They're also getting in absolute firefights with these teams. Yeah, they were scoring. I mean, the Chargers putting up thirteen points is ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I think I think you got to credit the the defense on that, Josh. I, I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it now, but I mean the the Broncos had 33 rushing attempts. They threw the ball 25 times. I'm trying to pull up their uh, how much time they spent on the ball, but if I had to guess, I, I'd imagine they spent a pretty good pretty good amount of the uh, game on the ball. I, I mean, I just it's just hard to comprehend. No, I mean, no, I'm wrong. Uh, the Chargers <laughs> had five more plays. Um, 55 more yards, seven amount of drives, uh, and they held the ball for a minute longer. So, uh, yeah, shout out the Chargers, Brand, Brand, Brandon Staley. Brand, is that his name? Yeah, Brandon yeah. Staley. Yeah, held the ball a minute longer than the uh, than the Broncos and got outscored by 15. Kyler, who is your coach of the year? Uh, who's leading that for you? Because I know who it is for me. I mean, it's it's obviously Bill Belichick. Exactly. Okay. Well, at least we're on a there. I mean, Josh, he might win MVP. <laughs> yeah, Bill Belichick, MVP of the National Football League. If he wins the Super Bowl, it's got to go to BB. I mean, that's obvious at this point. Uh, actually, Josh, I think the uh, MVP candidate right now, after this week especially, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, unless they just don't give it to him because of all the COVID stuff, uh, which was just hilarious. I mean, the COVID toe, Josh, how funny is that? And we don't get into any of that stuff and we don't, we don't get into politics here. How funny was all that? That it was, it was hilarious. I mean, COVID toe is one of the funniest things in a long time. And the fact that he only goes on McAfee show to talk, I mean, that just leads into it. And then last week he played the, uh, the do your own research bowl against Matt Stafford. I mean, just, I mean, just a great, great showing. Um, Packers, though, they get the win uh, despite the late comeback from the Rams. Uh, OBJ caught his first touchdown. Uh, other than that, Josh, AJ Dillon's uh, so looking good. Here's some here's some things I heard about this game. There was a thing on ESPN, and they were asking, "Are the Rams regretting going all in on Matthew Stafford? Are they a worse team with Matthew Stafford at quarterback?" And I just no. don't think so. I mean, this is a seven and four team who lost to. You know, a nine or a, it was an eight and three Packers team. This was a seven and three Rams team. It's a very good Green Bay Packers team. The Rams are putting up points game in and game out. Matthew Stafford is beat to hell. I mean, it's not like you know, it's not like he's just not going out playing well. 
Yeah, and I don't know how much well, how much better Jared Goff be playing right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if anything, I think that your defense isn't living up to the expectation. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring by or run by you, Josh, when we were talking about the Broncos. How would you feel? I heard this on a podcast. I'm sorry for not remembering where, because I would credit it. Um, how would you feel about Russell Wilson on that Broncos team? I mean, it would be better than Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. So I'm oh, uh, shout out Blue Wire. That was uh, Chris Long. Yeah, I mean, it would be better than both of those guys. Russell Wilson up there in that uh, in the altitude? That'd be nice. I mean, yeah, it would be. I mean, I don't know why Russell Wilson's not playing better in Seattle. He's tanking. That brings me to my next point, Josh. We'll talk about that when we get to Monday Night Football. Sunday Night Football. Uh, Josh, uh, Lamar Jackson. I have Crohn's. Uh, Josh, I don't know if I've ever said that on this, on this program. I think Lamar Jackson does too. Why is that? I mean, it's, uh, this, was, this has been wildly speculated among many people on Twitter and uh, different podcasts all over the place. But, uh, I mean, Josh, he's always getting sick. On multiple occasions, he's had to leave the game to go take a shit. Uh, I think it's just, I think it's obvious at this point. He has some sort of IBS. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what is going on with Lamar Jackson. One, one game, he looks like the MVP of the league. And the next week he looks like Zach Wilson. (laughs) Well, I mean, Josh, he threw four interceptions. I mean, he probably should have only thrown two. Um, one of them was pure, I mean, just horrible, horrible luck. Um, yeah, but two of the balls were bad, but, uh, two of them were kind of not his fault, but uh, you got to do better. You got to do better. Uh, Mark Andrews, without Mark Andrews, Josh, I don't know what the Ravens record would be. Without Mark Andrews, we would be in, in a lot of trouble, but luckily we have him. <laughs> Rashad Bateman is, you know, starting to look good. He's just playing that, that second, the third string pass catcher for the Baltimore Ravens although he's a big body target exactly what Lamar needs I think Lamar just tries to do too much a lot of the times and I think he's finally in a position where he's not necessarily asked to do as much as he feels like he needs to do sure um and you could kind of say the same thing about Baker I mean there he's probably been asked to do too much his entire life um based on his skill set and now that he's absolutely just mutilated out there in every part of his body he can't do anything, Josh, and they're asking him to do just the absolute minimum, and I think he's trying to do too much. I agree. Well, and he – I mean, all of the uh, all of the pressures put on him week in and week out. All of it. From The pressure I mean, of a from, contract extension. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all just weighing on Baker. I mean, the fans, national media, the contract, the team trying to make it to the playoffs again, all the hype after barely losing to the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, there's so much that's affecting the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. You've had to go some of the year without Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. They had seven and eight carries apiece, 20 and 16 yards. I mean, Baker Mayfield's out here throwing 37 pass attempts in the 10 to 16 scoring game. That's just not the recipe to success. Baltimore has not been good against the run this year. And they completely sold that against the run. And Kevin Stefanski just abandon it but regardless of the deal and you know they kept the streak going eight and three Lamar Jackson has the most ever wins that's under the age of 25 so I mean that's a cool stat yeah I mean Lamar Jackson is a very I, I need to look up his winning percentage that's what I'm going to do right now why the, here's my why you do that Josh I mean I'll ask this question why is Baker playing I mean I feel like Case Keenum 
gives the I mean, right now, and this is not a shot at, at Baker Mayfield. This is a shot at how hurt he is. Case Keenum gives this team as much of a chance to win as he does right now. I mean, on the day, Jarvis Landry, six receptions, 111 yards on his birthday, by the way. I'm, I'm sure he would have liked one of those 10 targets to be in the red zone and for a touchdown. Uh, I'm sure he would have liked to uh, get that game-winning touchdown on I mean, at least a chance for it, Josh, on that last drive of the game when they had a chance to go score the game-winning touchdown. Josh, they had, what, two minutes? I mean, at least Case Keenum would give you the opportunity to throw a ball into the end zone. Yeah, I mean, I, if Baker's hurt, you got to quit playing him. I mean, you're six and six. You, you're running. You're a run first team anyway. Kareem Hunt, Nate Chubb are two of the best running backs in the league. Let them run the ball. Josh, he has a torn. Uh, uh, it's like three different parts of his shoulder. His shoulder's dislocated. It's his scalpula. It's his rhomboid. It's. I mean, it's like four different things in his shoulder that are just absolutely wrecked. It's his non-throwing shoulder, so okay. And he has an ankle. He has a foot. He has a hip. Josh, it's like, what is going on? Like, we can't, like, we're just going to play him until you literally can't play anymore, and then he's done for the season? Like, you're probably going to – there's a chance you're going to make the playoffs. There's a chance you're going to at least have a chance to get in there week 17, week 18, as weird as it is to say week 18. Um, and you'd like to have Baker for those games. Yeah, and, and I mean, at this rate, they're just not going to have it. I mean, yeah. it, it's just a bad look. Baker is just – you can tell he's hurt. He's just not the same. And, and it's tough to watch, especially yeah. as, you know, someone come from Oklahoma, appreciating Baker, knowing what he is in the NFL. It, I mean, it's just tough. And, I mean, yeah. you could say the same with Lamar, although Lamar's looked very good year in or, like, all year long, just a couple of, you know, miscues in these games. But Lamar's also trying to get a playoff ex- – or a uh, contract extension. And he's doing it all himself. He's doing those negotiations by himself. Uh, and by the way, Lamar Jackson has a 73% win percentage. He is 41 and 15. Jesus Christ. Uh, he also has Crohn's disease, but um, un- unconfirmed. Monday Night Football, Josh. And here's uh, Russell Wilson. He is absolutely tanking. Um, man, you know, this can be disputed because uh, of that late heroics he, he had. But uh, I, w- I will say that, Josh, he was pissed. He was mad that uh, his receiver came down with that football. And to get back at him, he threw an interception for the two-point conversion. Um, and then right after that, Josh, I had my TV muted. So I, I'm going to hope you were watching the game or hope you uh, you watched the highlights of this uh, and you can fill me in. They got the onside kick. They recovered the onside kick 10 yards down the field. It was a legal onside kick from what I saw. And then they made them re-kick it. What happened? Uh, I was wondering the same thing that you wondered. I did not. I, I know it was a penalty. I just didn't know what the penalty was. Now, uh, I imagine it was a legal touching, but like I was watching the play. I just didn't have it unmuted. Like they waited the 10 yards. So it was a, it is a illegal formation. Here's the rule. Section 613 of the NFL rule book. That's so at shitty. Least, at least two players other than a holder must be lined up inbounds between the sideline and the bottom of the yard line number. And at least two players must be lined up on top, on the top of the yard line number and the inbound lines. And apparently they did not. Oh, running back Josh Johnson lined up between the hash mark and the number mark. He had linebacker, the offending player in the illegal formation penalty lined up a yard or so to his right. The play would have counted. So they were just lined up incorrectly, wiped out the play. Speaking of lining up incorrectly, Josh, uh, Kirk Cousins lines up under his guard um, to try and snap the ball. Now, here's my thing. Is that legal? I don't know that it's illegal. Because if that ball gets directly snapped to Dalvin Cook right there, I think they score a touchdown. 
I do too. I mean, you would think they're like the fumble fumble rooski, you know, like. If you can do that, then you can you can definitely direct snap it to somebody else. Well, I know you can direct snap it. I just don't know if you can line up behind your fucking guard. Because, <laughs> like, earlier, earlier in the year, I mean, Patrick Mahomes did that thing where he's running around. I mean, they did the longest yard play where he's running around confused and they just direct snap it to Kelsey. But uh, yeah. I'm not sure if you can line up under a different offensive lineman. <laughs> if you can't, then we need to change that rule where you can't. Oh, just because I mean, I think I heard this on I think Chris Long's podcast too. But somebody is definitely going to troll that this year. Uh, the um, probably the Chiefs. They're going <laughs> to troll that, and they're going to run a play where Patrick Mahomes lines up under his tackle. It'll definitely either be the Chiefs or the Ravens. One of those teams will definitely try this. All right, Josh. That's all the NFL we got. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with Cole. Cole will be here, special guest to preview the game. So I'm sure he has some some Green Bay takes we need to hear. Oh, I always love talking to Cole Cow. This has been a fun episode. Uh, there's going to be a lot going on this week, a lot going on this weekend. The MVP races are tightening up. NBA, NFL, all things are going on. The MLB football. teams? MLB teams are paying. Fuck, Dosh, the Rangers? They've spent $300 million so far this free agency than any other team. Well, that's because they know they need to get a team together. They just got that new stadium. They got to pay for it somehow. Got to have a good product on the field. We're going to be going to some Ranger games this year. I'm all in. I'm all in on watching at least one Major League Baseball game live and probably none on television. I went to like five last year, Josh. They're a good time. Just take a little, take some gummies out before you go in and good time. Well, I will have to check one out. All right, buddy. We'll see you on Thursday. See ya.